there. We're so glad you tuned in today. We would love to hear how God is using this podcast to encourage you. You can do so by visiting our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. Relationship status. How many realize that some years ago, social media really took an uh, an interesting turn when they added the element of relationship status? Hello? It's a big deal for some people because when you become Facebook relationship, it it became a big deal or in some way, shape, or form in social media, you've identified with someone, and so your relationship status changed, and, and then whatever social media platform decides to tell you or tell other people, listen, there's been a change of plans. You see, there are different ones that you can choose and say, well, it's this, it's that, whatever, but the two ones that kind of make an impact is the first one, and uh, relationship status, I'm single, that means, uh, hello? I am available for your pleasure, your viewing pleasure, take me out on a date, whatever. That makes a statement, right? Then there's this one that got, it's complicated. Hello? Newsflash, all relationships are complicated. And if it's not complicated, you're not doing it right. Hello? Come on, I got amens in the corner. I said a lot of cool things today, and you said amen to that. (laughs) It's complicated, Pastor Tony. I've had people on my couch in the office there sit down. I sit down with couples, and they tell me, Pastor Tony, it's complicated. And I say, good. That means you're doing something right. Because if it's smooth sailing, there's something wrong. Something's not, you're not doing something right. Something's wrong. Because when two lives try to become one, how many know that there's some things you don't want to share? Some things you don't want to change. Some things you're not willing to budge on. It's complicated. Friends, life is complicated and relationships are complicated. So, you know, I thought the next best, the first best thing to come out of Revelation would be relationship. (laughs) because if we understand correctly, we understand the truth is that we just want to know who Jesus is. Why has this got to be so hard? Well, I want to tell you something. I want to talk to you about God's love today for a few moments because I believe that relationship status in our natural world often bounces off our relationship status with our God. Are you with me? Oftentimes, we think they're two separate things, right? We want to say, here's my relationship. This is my boyfriend. This is my girlfriend. This is my significant other. This is my, and then here's my God. And I can deal with my relationship during the week, and then it's me and God for two hours on a Sunday. Listen, if your relationship during the week doesn't somehow involve the two hours you think is about God on Sunday... That relationship's not right. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear all the time, okay? Some of you are like, just give me some good dating tips and let's close in service. 
Let's close the service. Give me some dating tips. Tell me when, when to bring the flowers, when not to. What to buy, what not to. Here's a freebie. Don't buy exercise equipment for your significant other for Valentine's Day. Don't do it. That's a public service announcement. That's for you. Hello? Don't do it. You get an eviction notice. That's a freebie. I'm not even charging you for that one. But a lot of people want to talk about this is me and, and this person during the week. And then you're like, oh, by the way, uh, Chad, I got to go to church on Sunday. For two hours, I will be un- unapproachable, unreachable because it's me and Jesus. And then we'll come back and I'll meet you for lunch. Or you want to tell Stacy, come on, somebody, or Shamika, or whoever it is, right? You'd be like, listen, baby, I love you to the ends of the earth. I'm going to go to church, though, and then we talk again. If those two lives don't match, if they cannot connect, why are you in either of them? That wasn't in my notes. But it's true. Yes? Listen, if your spiritual walk with God and your physical, what you, what you deem to be physical relationship don't intertwine in some way or in most ways, trust me, one of them will come to an abrupt end and you won't like it. I'm talking about your relationship status. And I'm telling you right now, uh, we all heard about the myth of Cupid, right? And so we heard the myth about Cupid and the chubby little cherub that comes around and shoots you with a bow and arrow and the next person you see, come on, some unsuspecting dude's just walking, he gets shot with an arrow and then all of a sudden the next person he sees he falls in love with and then nothing, nothing warms my heart like the person I saw and all of a sudden everything is all right. I know everything about that person. I love that person. And I want to know everything about that person. And every... Can I tell you something? Wake up. We want to call it love at first sight. No, that's attraction at first sight. And we all are entitled to it. Hello? It's okay. I had my attraction at first sight. I met my bride. I said... I mean, hi. I had that moment where I said, she's beautiful. (laughs) How you doing? Come on. Y'all acting like you never did that before. I had that moment where I was like, don't say nothing stupid. Don't say nothing stupid. Don't say nothing stupid. Hi! Oh, you ruined it forever. I remember meeting her in college. She had a, we had mutual friends. And I was like, hey, uh, tell me a little bit about her. Because she attractive. 
but I didn't have love at first sight. I, I honestly, can I tell you the honest to God truth? I don't necessarily believe in love at first sight. You can, you can, listen, you can subscribe to whatever Cupid subscription you want to, right? I didn't say stupid, I said Cupid. <laughs> but this, this not, it's not the same. I realized I, I was attracted to her. I, something stood out to me about her, but I, I can't call it love because love is, is not just an emotion. It's, a, an, a, it's an, an action. It's more than that. Attraction ebbs and flows. It changes. It comes and goes. And, and for everybody else, baby, just for everybody else, not us. When I realized that attraction is fine and good, but I got to go deeper, and, 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 and if I just live my life by attraction, I can't marry somebody just because I'm attracted to them, because guess what? One day that could change, and I got to still love that person. So I got a few arrows of Cupid that I want to kind of uh, run to here. Can I talk about a few arrows that Cupid throws? Can I just... Because I want to talk about relationship status, so let's talk about it for a moment, all right? The first one is simply this. Let's throw that up on the screen here. The arrow of effortlessness. Now, here's what I'm talking about. The arrow of effortlessness says that because I love this person, that I don't even, it's going to just come. I'm going to understand everything about that person, and I'm going to know what they need and what they want. I don't even have to ask them. I just be knowing In fact, I'm going to know so much about this person because I'm in love with them that I'm, going to, I'm just going to love them the way I know I like to be loved. Hello? Because not everybody loves the same. I'm, I'm, just, I'm going into this because I don't want to just talk about the physical relationship that we have with each other. I'm trying to parallel that with we think we know what God wants all the time too. Right? We can know, we, we think we know what our, uh, the person that we like wants, and when we first start dating them, we think we, we want to know all about them to some degree, but we also start trying to love them the way we want to be loved and realize that every person's different, and every, diff- every person has different love language, and what, how they interpret love is different. Guess what? The way your God interprets love is very different than how you think it is. People say, I'll die for you. No, that's easy. It's easy to die for someone. That takes one moment one second, one death. How about you try to live for God? That's when I'm impressed. I'm not impressed by someone that dies for God to some degree. Hear me. I'm not down, trying to downplay martyrdom. I'm not trying to downplay people who give their lives to Jesus and die because of their faith. I'm not putting that down. What I'm saying is people want to talk about I'll die for you, but you ain't willing to live for God. That right there, my friend, is the more impressive of the two. So the myth of, the, the, the arrow of effortlessness is really a myth that says, I don't have to try. It's effortless. I don't have to try because I love this. Love conquers all, Pastor Tony. We just run on love. Our tank runs on love. Well, guess what? That tank's going to run out one day, and you're going to be like, how do we get here? That's pretty negative, Pastor Tony. No, there's more. There's more. 
I'm trying to debunk myths because I believe that there's some myths out there. And just like in your relationship with man, you aren't going to understand everything about that person. You need to get to know them, right? And the same way with your relationship with God, you need to get to know him. How come people cruising in their faith? They put it on cruise control. They think that it's just going to happen on its own. You need to get in the word and understand who he is, yes? You want to you move your relationship status forward? You need to know who he is. I'm paralleling it. Are you following me? Follow a truck with me. Number two, the arrow of unmet needs. Many couples accept the myth that you are in love, and so you naturally know all these needs, and all of a sudden, one day, your needs aren't met, and you're going, but you love me. You're supposed to know everything about me and everything I like, but you don't talk about it. You don't communicate. You have to communicate to know each other, yes? Then how come you, there are so many believers that just connect with God for a couple of hours on a Sunday and the rest of the week, you don't even know who he is because you haven't spent time with him. God walks around going, my relationship status with you is very complicated. What if you talked with that person once a week for just a little while and that's it? I'll see you in seven days. Do you expect that relationship to blossom? In no way. But yet we do that with God too sometimes, right? But that's a myth, friend. That's a myth. Third point, and this is, these are quick ones. These are quick points. These are not the main points of the message, but these are just some quick. The, the arrow of harmful words. This happens when one gets frustrated and shoots arrows back and forth. You didn't meet my needs, so all of a sudden I'm going to tell you something that I think you should know. And all of a sudden, those arrows go flying across the room, and they hit people that don't suspect it. How many know that if you start shooting arrows like this without even paying attention, you're going to hit something and someone that's not, not expecting it, right? But that's what we do with our words. We get hurt. We start lashing out at everybody around us. And all of a sudden, our relationship status with everybody else is just as hurt as our relationship status with our, our person or our God. Because we're just outright lashing out at anybody and anyone that says anything opposes what I believe. Listen, if you don't surround yourself with people that don't believe like you, you'll never grow. If you surround yourself with people that only believe like you, they'll never tell you anything you don't know. Get, your, get yourself some friends and some people that believe higher faith, higher things than you. So you can glean from them and learn from them. And then get some people around you that you can then pass along that information to as well. Life is a series because we got harmful words down to a pat, yes? Because someone does something wrong, we want to tell them what we think. We have a hard time telling them what they should know. Just a few thoughts here. The arrow of bitter feelings, you know what happens? We shoot arrows, people start feeling bad. People start feeling hurt. That's another arrow. Man, it hurts people. You ever been hurt? Raise your hand if you ever been hurt by someone's words. That's everybody in this room, right? Some of you are like, Pastor Tony, if you only knew the people that I've... Listen, we've all been there. That harmful words and bitter feelings, those are, those are not good things. And you know what happens? The last arrow is simply this, the arrow of apathy. You know what happens? I'm done with everything, everyone, every church. I'm done with God. I'm done with everybody. Forget all of you. I'm going to do me and you do you. You ever heard that? How many ever heard that? I'm going to do me and you do you. 
That's someone that has forgotten or maybe never ever understood the love of God that is available to their lives. They've never walked. They've never understood or maybe they did and they gave up at some point. I want to tell you that a couple risks that you have in order to build a lasting relationship. Now listen, I realize that in this room there's some people that are not connected, not married, they're single, you've had some broken relationships, you've been on and on, on again, off again. Listen, I'm talking to everybody because in some way, shape, or form, whether you're in a relationship or you're not, this message is for you. Because in some way it also connects you with your relationship with God. I would assume that because you're here, you want to walk and grow in your relationship with God. So whether you have a significant other or not, this message still has something to apply to you because you want to up your relationship status from it's complicated with God to, uh, you know what, I'm connected, I'm married to the groom who's coming back for his bride. Yes? So at least on a real basic form, we as his bride are waiting for our groom. So that is the ultimate relationship that matters this morning. So if you're not in a dating relationship, or maybe you are, and maybe you, again, it's complicated, right? Let's not, let's not lose the focus on what we're talking about this morning. So let me tell you three very big, huge points you need to grasp. Here's number one. Are you ready? Love risks total commitment. When you say, I'm committed you're risking a part of your life. You're risking a lot of different things. Some of you have risked and you said, I don't want to date anyone because what if another person comes along that's the real person for me? Some of you say, I don't want to date because then I would have to surrender the way I do life. Right? I don't, want to, I don't want to give up. I only have so much time. I don't have time for anybody else. You know what? I get that. I'd rather be in a relationship with someone that's totally committed to me than someone that's half-hearted and gets to me when they get a chance. How is that any different from relationship with God? Love says I'm totally committed to this thing. You see, when people say that they have fallen out of love... Unfortunately, that's closely tied to the loss of attraction. Yes? And some of you have said this before, I've fallen out of love. And oftentimes that's because attraction is no longer there. Attraction is needed and can be really strong. But one day it can and possibly will fade to a degree. What happens then? What happens then? Are you still committed? I heard this said recently, I love you because I love you. This is God speaking. I love you because I love you. See, God doesn't say I love you because you love me back. I love you because you worship me right. I I love you because you give. I love you because you serve. I love you because you're so wonderful, amazing. God says simply this. Look at me. I love you simply because I love you. I love you because I love you. 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 
period. I love you because I love you. Listen, look at me. There's nothing you could ever do for God to love you more or love you less. Did you get that? There's nothing you could ever do for God to love you more or to love you less. He loves you simply because he's God and he loves you. Period. So what, 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 we've, what we've come across is, I, I love you because I love you. We understand this. Don't marry someone because you're just merely attracted to them. Because as some of you that went back to your high school reunion, superstars don't look like superstars anymore. Heroes are more like zeros sometimes. Looks change. Not you, baby. Not you, though. Everyone changes at some point. Some are shinier up top. Which is beautiful. <laughs> Lighter on your feet. Ruth Graham, the wife of Billy Graham, the late Billy Graham, used to say that they had been married for years and years, and someone would ask her, what's the secret to their marriage? And she said, well, Billy and I have once considered, uh, have never once considered divorce, and I thought that's really impressive. And then she said, murder, yes, divorce, no. <laughs> Boy, I ought to bang, zoom to the moon. Only a few get that one. Love risk, total commitment. And I, and I saw recently they said, uh, they asked a couple, been married 50 years, they said, what was this, what's been the secret to your marriage and long-term staying together? And the couple said, you know, we decided to go out twice a week. Every week for 50 years. She goes out on Tuesday, and I go out on Thursday. <laughs> There's an obscure passage in the Old Testament, 2 Kings. Turn there with me, would you? 2 Kings, chapter 13. 2 Kings. Chapter 13. The prophet Elijah is uh, taking place. For those of you that don't have your Bibles with you, I encourage you to bring it. We here at Freedom believe that the Word of God is the most important thing you can carry with you. 2 Kings 13, we are, we are in this passage and we read that the prophet Elijah is coming to the end of his life and he lived out an all-out, no-regrets kind of life, right? So he's living out this life. And he runs into the king of Israel, and the king of Israel wants him to prophesy. So Elijah prophesied over the king, and he says, I want you to take an arrow and shoot it out of the window. So he does so. He shoots it, represents that moment. And let's read what happens next. Beginning here at verse, uh, what do we have? Verse 18 and 19. 
Follow with me. Then he said, take the arrows. And the king took them. And Elijah told him, strike the ground. He struck it three times and stopped. The man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have defeated Aram and completely destroyed it. But now you were defeated only three times. Let me stop there for a moment. For those of you that don't understand, let me give you, I gave you the text, let me give you the context. The prophet was speaking to the king, and the king understood that in those days, that when the prophet said to do something, you do something until he says stop. And so he was supposed to keep striking the ground multiple times until he felt satisfied that that was it. But because he only did it a few times, the prophet lashed out at him. And then I've read this passage. How many ever read this passage? You said, that's weird. And the prophet will get mad at him because he only struck it three times. But you have to understand that in that text, in that text, what, what was failed to be seen within the context is that the prophet hadn't said stop. And the prophet was trying to tell him that this is the, this is the moment your commitment is on the line. So when he struck it three times and he stopped, that was a half-hearted commitment because he said, you should have struck it five or six times. Look at me. There are some people that strike the ground only three times in your marriage, three times in your relationship. And by good man, I tell you what, there's some people that only strike the ground three times in their relationship with God. The prophet says, strike the ground, and you're like, I'm good. That should be good, right? Is that enough? If you have to ask if that's enough, then no. It's not enough. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? He struck it three times. That should be enough. That's how many believers live their lives. I want to do just enough to do what the prophet said to do, but not what I should do in order to conquer those things in my life that I should have conquered a long time ago. Those things in my life that I know I should be conquering. Look at me. I need you to hear this because some of us are, are hitting the ground three times in our marriage, three times in our homes. We're doing just enough to keep the enemy at bay, but he's still at our door. Friend, look at me. I need you to hear me. We need to not allow the enemy to be anywhere near our door. You keep striking the ground. Five, six, seven, twelve, twenty times, whatever it needs be. But do not give up and do not think that the enemy has rights to your home. He doesn't. That's why the relationship status with God within the context of the church in many ways is complicated. That's why many believers live in fear and anxiety. Anxiety. 